this week on The Perfect Scam. I sent Thomas a message and said, I need to know the, the status today. And he said to me, someone has died in the house of COVID. I need $14,000 from your 2022 rental so that I can clean the house and prepare it for you in 2021. Welcome back to The Perfect Scam. I'm your host, Bob Sullivan. We're back with a brand new season. You know, crime is getting more complex. Scams are getting easier to pull off. Thanks to technology, there are more ways to move money around anonymously, more ways for criminals to reach halfway around the world right into your living room or bedroom and steal your hard-earned money. We're also still dealing with a worldwide pandemic that has put everyone on edge and led to even more crimes of opportunity. But we have a secret weapon on our side, each other. By sharing our stories and listening to each other with empathy and determination, we can fight back against these awful criminals. And that's what we do here on The Perfect Scam. So let's get right to today's story. Everyone has their 2020 pandemic story. Melanie Robinson's story is right up there. Even before the pandemic put the U.S. on pause last year, she received some devastating news. She was diagnosed with breast cancer. She needed surgery, but she was trying hard to keep life normal for her four-year-old daughter and her husband. The family already had their usual winter vacation to Park City, Utah planned, and after talking with her doctor, everyone decided it was a good idea to go ahead with the trip. Basically what happened late February, actually February 16th, I found a lump that was diagnosed as breast cancer positive. My oncologist at the Mayo Clinic said, continue with your plans. We will schedule your surgery for late April. No delay will cause any further harm. So basically, I was planning on going to Park City, having surgery in April, and going from there. The annual trek to Utah from her now home in Birmingham, Alabama, well, it's about a lot more than making sure her daughter Grace knows how to ski. Park City is kind of Melanie's second home. I have lived in Park City. It's just a place I loved and have friends. I, I worked for the Sundance Film Festival and then was a part of the Coca-Cola team during the Olympics. And so just was deeply rooted in the Park City community and just loved seeing friends and skiing there. I don't think there's been a year that I haven't been back because skiing is my love. My visits there were frequent in the winter and the summer, but I haven't lived there since 2003. You know, it's a traveler's dream. You can fly in, you got a direct flight, 30 minutes up the canyon and you're in paradise. So it's a great spot for sure. So doing their best to keep the tradition alive and keep everyone's spirits up, Melanie and her family fly to Utah and hit the slopes. So March 14th, 2020, I rode the gondola down last chair at Canyons Resort in Park City, and I got to my car at about 4 o'clock, and at 4.10, I got an email from Aspen Ski Company, who owns the Canyons and Park City Mountain Resort, and the email said, uh, effective immediately, we are closing all North American mountains. 
and we had been there for two weeks already and had started to think the day before we probably need to get home. Never in a million years thinking, oh my gosh, the next day they were shutting down every mountain in North America. Well, we know what happens. We flew home, the world shut down. We all know what happens next. 15 days to flatten the curve became a year of uncertainty. Everything was shut down, even healthcare facilities. And Melanie, well, Melanie's going to have to live with the cancer inside her for a bit longer. She has to postpone surgery. Meanwhile, the rest of her life is in chaos, too. Melanie represents travel companies and restaurants for a living. Her entire life is shut down, most of her income gone. Yeah, so I own an integrated communications agency. We are a business. We're a team of storytellers. And what we do is people retain us to help them tell their story. Many of these stories involve plenty of names you know. She also represents hotels in great beach destinations like Florida and South Carolina. And needless to say, when COVID hits, well, at first all her clients are pretty much shut down. Then March turns into April, turns into May, and as COVID cases begin to slow down, the U.S. starts to open up a little. Melanie is able to have her surgery in June. She is feeling well enough that as summer rolls around, she starts to think, well, dream really, about going on vacation again. And of course, her first thoughts go right to Park City. She is determined to go back and ride that gondola again and get her daughter Grace up on skis to give everyone some normalcy. Plus, she needs a distraction. While the surgery is a success, she still has radiation treatments ahead of her. So she begins to research her options for winter 2021. Well, actually, she immerses herself in research. I was like, I got to have something to look forward to. And so I almost love the research of travel as much as I love travel. To me, it is just the hunt of finding the best that's out there and available, the best location, maybe the best price. And so that's what happened. Last July, I started hours and hours of hours of online research to try to find a place to rent for four to six weeks. So that's where the journey began. I totally get that the best way to distract yourself from this would be to dive deep into researching travel, right? I mean, there's nothing better. I mean, I love I love researching travel on a good day, but on a bad day, I love it even more. And so for me, researching travel is just, it's therapeutic. It's something to look forward to. It's a goal. And, and so diving deep into travel is just what I love to do. Still, the pandemic hovers over everything. No one knows what the world will look like six months into the future. The most important thing in July when researching travel was making sure that you found opportunities that had full refunds for cancellation at any reason. You know, at that point in July, we didn't know if North American ski resorts would even open. And one place you do not want to go in the winter with a toddler is a ski town without a ski mountain. 
So, (laughs) you know, for me, what made, you know, my, the most important thing I was looking for was a hundred percent refund at any time with, for any reason within 30 days advance booking. And because things are so crazy, so unusual, she really expands where she hunts for a good deal. Okay. And tell me about all the different places that you looked. Yeah, so I, I looked at the usual. I looked Airbnb, VRBO. I looked on management company sites. I even looked in the Park Record newspaper. And for some reason, I don't know why, because I don't know if I've ever done this in the past, hence why I didn't know what a target-rich fraud environment it is, but I just decided to take a look on Craigslist. I had heard of people who have second homes in Park City who sometimes use Craigslist to rent their places out, people I knew and trusted. And for some reason, I just decided to check it out. And it's not some place that I can remember have looking much in the past when looking for rental homes. At first, she sees a lot of places that look, well, not promising, we'll say. But then... So I look on Craigslist and, you know, see lots of probably non-fraudulent, but not for me, places. And then I happen upon this house. And I was like, oh my goodness, this house looks perfect. It looked perfect because it had a hot tub. It looked perfect because it had a wood-burning fireplace. It was spacious, and my brother and his family could come and stay with us and have their own room. It was in a perfect location, which for me, it was in a more residential area. It wasn't in a tourist part of town. I was just like, it's perfect. I sent the link to a couple of friends in PC. I was like, how's this address? Oh, great. Oh my gosh, it's perfect. And that's when I reached out to the owner. Melody still has the email exchange from her first conversation with Thomas. So on July 22nd, I wrote, I would be interested in renting your unit for a month this winter. I used to live in Park City and now live in Birmingham, Alabama. I was thinking about right after President's Day until the middle of March. I look forward to hearing your thoughts. Thank you, Melanie Robinson. And what did you get back? Hi, Melanie. Our property is available for rent. Weekly rate is $2,200. Monthly rate is $7,000. I would like to know check-in and check-out dates. Thomas. The place really seems like a godsend. As much as Melanie is doing this for herself and her love of Park City, well, that's only part of what's going on in her heart. Because it had a tough year. I needed to be in Park City. I needed something that was affordable. I wanted to get away from my family. Well, you know, you just said a mouthful. You were doing this as much for your family as yourself, right? They had a rough year, too. Well, correct. I mean, really, it had been a year. I mean, it it was a tough year for the entire world, let's be honest. But we had, a, you know, navigating COVID and cancer and a service-based business that specializes in hospitality, you know, our business took a significant hit. Um, So from a financial perspective, when Thomas wrote to me these rates, I immediately thought, oh my goodness, I think we can make this work. And I needed it 
my daughter needed me to be someplace where I was giving her a hundred percent. You know, my husband loves to be in the mountains too. So yes, it was for me, I would say most of all, because that the mountain West is my happiest of places, but it, it was for our whole family. And it was for her daughter who was mom's little travel buddy. For sure. Yeah. I mean, the good thing about four is you're kind of oblivious to a lot. But, you know, she was dialed into COVID and had been wearing masks to school and she hadn't seen her grandparents. And, you know, we weren't taking trips like we normally would. So things were definitely different. And we're a family that goes on adventures. She loves to say, we go on an adventure, mama. And I'm like, yep, we're going on an adventure. She thrives on it just like I do. So when you get an email that says, yes, this cabin, this house is available, what was your real feeling at that moment? I mean, I texted my brother who loves the Mountain West and skiing as much as I do. And I said to him, I feel like we have won the lotto. I found an incredible house, a great location that I think we can all go and enjoy Park City next winter. And I'm super excited about it. Even still, she doesn't just take Thomas's word for it. After all, Melanie works in the travel industry. She's experienced. So she does a lot of background research on the home. So I did a simple online search looking at like the transaction of when the home was last sold. Um, and I was able to pull up the name of the person that purchased the house and uh, it matched the person that I was speaking to. Friends tell her the location is perfect and the price is right, and then there's this amazing coincidence that seals the deal. The most ironic thing of all of it was I sent an, a link to the house to my friend and said, OMG, check out this house. Would you all come out and spend some time with us? And my friend said, oh my gosh, I've stayed in that house. We rented it three years ago. So that's like, this sounds heaven sent at this point. He heaven sent at this point. It's like divine intervention. After that, quick as she can, Melanie moved to lock up the home. Yeah, so emails go back and forth. We have an executed lease that my husband and brother, who are both legally and fiscally minded both review and we're like this is this is great we do a wire transfer for the deposit all of the documentation that comes to us is very professional looks like it's coming from somebody that professionally rents their home everything is just is just hunky-dory so i originally started communicating with Thomas on July 22nd, and we had executed a lease and paid a deposit by July 28th in the total of $6,700. And what did you think when he asked you uh, to wire the money? Like, did he send you wiring instructions in an email, or how did that go? There were the wire instructions were in the lease agreement. Melanie wants to move quickly because she doesn't want anyone else to rent the place. But she has another, more pressing reason. Her pending rounds of radiation. You know, but I'm also guessing there was part of you that wanted to get all this buttoned up before you started that treatment. Yeah, I'm, I'm a details person. I like to cross things off the list. I'm an action item, and, and I love um, uh, just getting things 
crossed off the list. As her treatments progress in August, everything is going well. Thomas, the Park City homeowner, knows about her cancer, even checks in on her. So on September 29th, ironically, I happened upon this email the other day. I sent an email to Thomas and I said, and I quote, you have no idea what a gift it's been that I just happened to check Craigslist for rentals in parentheses, which I never do. And I found your house. And I sent him that email in response to one of two to four times a week emails to me checking on how I was doing in the midst of treatment because I had told him when we were looking what our family had been going through and I had also explained that you know we would maybe have reasons other than COVID that we would need to cancel this rental and so he absolutely knew what our family had been going through in regard to those health challenges. The cancer prognosis is good and the more Melanie thinks about that home and the hot tub, and the fireplace, and the ski slopes, the more she lets her mind wander to how important a nice vacation for the family is. Well, she decides she might as well lock up the place for a month in 2022 also. Yeah, so by October, I'd wrapped up, by mid-October, I'd wrapped up radiation treatment. I think the world was more optimistic about COVID. We had an understanding that ski resorts were going to open um, in 21, and and so I was feeling more optimistic about 2022. So in October, I paid the remaining balance of 2021, and then I actually put a deposit down on 2022 on November 13th of 2020. Okay, so um, right now, just roughly, how how much money have you sent to Thomas? Approximately $16,000. But there's more, more money and more investment. Melanie has invited other family to visit during the trip. She's carefully planned all sorts of activities, like her daughter's ski lessons. But as the calendar turns to 2021, something starts to feel wrong. Thomas is suddenly hard to reach. Melanie is trying to nail down final details on everything, put down other deposits. And then? So around January 3rd, I started off the new year by checking with Thomas to see that things were going well and that we could go ahead and book commit to our last of our ski lessons for my daughter and rental cars and all of the last minute things that you need to pay for when, you know, traveling to a destination for upwards of four to six weeks. And Thomas wasn't responding as quickly as he usually did. And I kept pushing and I kept pushing. And finally, he said, there's a problem. We've had some COVID in the house. And I said, oh, well, that's no big deal. I deal with restaurants that have had COVID positive cases all the time. you get it cleaned and sanitized and you move on. And he said, you know, do not pressure me. It is a stressful time. I'm working on this. I will be in touch. But Thomas didn't get in touch. There was silence. Until. And then on January 6th, as our nation's capital was under siege, I sent Thomas a message and said, I need to know the, the status today. And he said to me, Someone has died in the house of COVID. 
I need $14,000 from your 20 towards your 2022 rental so that I can clean the house and prepare it for you in 2021. And I knew instantly that I had been had. As she watches the events of January 6 unfold on TV, she worries about the future of the country and she feels her whole world suddenly collapsing. And, and my husband's calling, you need to come home from the office. There's a lot going on in Washington. I'm on the fetal position on the floor of my office saying, we've, we've been frauded. And this whole Park City trip is a scam. And I do not know what I'm going to do. And really, one of the lowest moments that I remember ever feeling um, uh, as a victim um, is somebody that had been robbed, um, is somebody who had disappointment, unlike most anything I had ever experienced, at least travel-related. Um, and, and, and on top of the emotion of literally the minutes when I look at the timestamps of the emails with Thomas, I mean, it, it is in the minutes aligned with when the nation was, um, when the capital was, was under siege and, and, and it, 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 it was overwhelming. I just can't even imagine. I mean, you know, COVID, breast cancer, what's going on in D.C., but, but all of it, you know, what, what, what hurt you the most was this scam, right? Yes. Yes. I, I would have to say, I mean, it, you know, in looking back, the, 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 I mean, it, I mean, 2020 has been a year of heartache for all of us. I mean, we've mourned for lives lost. We've, we've mourned for, um, for our business partners that have had failed businesses, our employees who we haven't been able to pay 100%. And then my family, on top of that, has been navigated, you know, just some really hard medical stuff. You know, cancer during COVID was tough. Um, and we needed something to look forward to. I was absolutely dumbfounded. Melanie deals with all kinds of curveballs in her professional life, but this one, she just isn't ready for it. I, I, I was clueless. I mean, I navigate crisis for a living. People hire me to come in and help them manage crisis situations. And this crisis was happening to me. I didn't have a clue what to do. So she turns to an unlikely place, the Internet, to look for help. At that point, I knew. Uh, the first thing I did which was a very unusual instinct for me. Um, I mean, I had been texting my husband, um, but the first thing I did is I went to Facebook and I posted on the Park City Moms Facebook page. Uh, I wasn't a mom when I lived in Park City, but I had subsequently joined the local moms group just for when I visit. And I went on that page and I posted, I think I've been a victim of rental scam. What do I do? Um, and it's interesting, you know, this day and I mean, I, I'm in the media, I'm in the media business, just like you all are. And, you know, for all the negative uses of social media that people can talk about in regards to fraud in regards to 
telling fake news. Um, it was very ironic that I chose Facebook as a safe source to go get some good counsel. And so I posted this message um, on January 6th, and a woman named Natalie responded, I'll private message you and I can help you. Natalie turns out to be a guardian angel, a realtor with lots of local knowledge. The first thing Natalie and Melanie do is track down the real Thomas, which turns out to be easier than Melanie expects. Yeah, so Natalie was able to look through a database that she has access to, um, who we will call real Thomas, not fake Thomas. Uh, and I was able to, able to track real Thomas down through LinkedIn, um, through I knew what city he lived in. And so I knew the profile was him from that city match. And, and he was an executive in an, a well-established company. And I knew, you know, had the means to, to own a home like this one. And um, I, I, I sent him a message through LinkedIn and said, excuse me, sir, you don't know me, but do you own such and such address? And he immediately responded, I do. Why may I ask? And I said, I've been a victim of fraud around your property. And I wanted to, to, to make to corroborate that that it was fraud. And thank you. And what did he say? He was nothing but kind. He said, I'm so sorry. Um, if there's anything I can do to help you. Um, I, of course, sent him the lease and anything that I thought would be helpful um, because the Craigslist link was long removed. Um, and, and, you know, I sent him anything that I thought could be helpful if this were to happen again. Now, when if it were my home, I would want to know that this is happening about my property. And, um, and he was appreciative and kind and willing to speak to law enforcement or do anything uh, that, that he could to, to, to help me. And I appreciated that so very much. But real Thomas can't help Melanie get her vacation back. So the next thing she has to do is tell the family. Grace took it well. Well, the good thing is she was four, so that I didn't have to, she wasn't 14 and I didn't have to have a conversation with her. Uh, the two hardest conversations were with my brother, who had not only given this trip to his kids for Christmas, but was looking forward to it as much as, as I. And then my husband, who knew how badly I wanted this, and, and, and they both did. And, um, you know, it was obvious how upset I was. And they both just were supportive and encouraging and said, we will figure it out. How do they figure it out? We'll get back to Melanie in a moment. But first, it's important to understand more about the kind of crime Melanie was a victim of. So I called Steve Baker, a former Federal Trade Commission lawyer who wrote a report in 2019 on rental fraud for the Better Business Bureau. He's also a friend of the perfect scam. There has a survey that apartmentfinders.com had done that found 5.4 million people have been ripped off by a rental fraud. And uh, I am sure it's gotten worse during the pandemic. Most of the, the pandemic has been a godsend for the scammers. They have stepped up their efforts and used it as to help in their scams. I mean, if you're a person who's ever looked for a vacation rental online or even for an apartment online, uh, I feel like 100% of us have encountered a scam during that experience, don't you think? Yeah, the same survey by apartment finders said that uh, 43% of the people they surveyed said they have come across a bogus rental listing. 
So these are incredibly common. One of the problems we have, I think, sometimes in educating the public on scams is they think that stuff is really very rare and would be obvious that it's a scam. Got to wish that it was true because it's not. I mean, these things are just inundated, especially with online systems, make it really easy for the crooks to do this anymore. And uh, they can really reach out to a lot of people on these things. If you are looking to rent an apartment online or a vacation rental, the chances of you coming across a scam are extremely high, especially if you go to someplace like Craigslist. He says rentals are a perfect place for criminals to lurk. People booking rentals online ultimately have to make some kind of leap of faith. And, well, criminals take advantage of that. The crooks are very good. We're dealing with large volumes of things, and the stuff that the crooks put up is not easy to distinguish from the actual stuff that's real. There have been, about the time that our last study came out, Airbnb said it was going to go back and verify every listing on its entire site they thought that that was going to take them a year or two to do. And there's also been some studies on Craigslist, and they found that um, Craigslist does eventually get a lot of them, but within a day or two. But in that day or two, they could really rip off a whole lot of people. So it's not easy for the online platforms that host these sorts of ads to distinguish the crooks from the roads. And the crooks know they're always experimenting, innovating, figuring out what works. And, you know, often they will take an entire, say you've got a business website for a uh, rental, they, they copy somebody's entire website and simply change the contact information. So it's, a, it's an ongoing challenge to try to keep these things off the major platforms. And I don't think you can guarantee that any of them are going to be uh, foolproof. Some are worse than others, but, but, but the crooks are going to find ways to get their ads up. So it's very, very hard for platforms to keep criminals completely off their services. But they sure do try, says Janae Ingram, who works for Airbnb. We basically use the technology that we have to evaluate different listings against lots of different signals, risk signals, such as host reputation, um, template messaging, duplicate photos, um, other types of discrepancies to basically use data learnings from millions of listings to ensure that what someone sees is an actual listing that they're going to show up and see. And so when we predict a high likelihood that a listing is fake, we automatically block it from appearing on our platform on Airbnb. Or in other cases, we sometimes delay the listing from going live while we try to figure out and do some additional research and, and conduct additional re reviews to ensure that what shows up in front of someone is actually what they're going to see when they get out into the real world. We should mention that Janae is also a member of AARP's Innovator Council. And she says criminals have a lot of ways to steal from people in the online rental world, especially people who might be new to booking travel on these new online services. People like Melanie, I think during the pandemic, she might not have been inclined to use, you know, an online listing service like this before. Um, but there are lots of folks, I think, who are looking for these kinds of um, vacation experiences, single homes, that sort of thing during the pandemic. So um, if there's a bunch of new people just, you know, going online and they don't know the difference between Craigslist, Airbnb, Holiday Inn, it's all the same to them. Um, what are the, the risk factors that people should know about just, you know, in the broad category of trying to find a place to stay online? It's a great question. I think that there are lots of different types of scams that can be, be found out in the world. On Airbnb, the types of common scams that we see are things like advanced 
fee scam where someone offers to pay you or give you something if you pay through a service outside of Airbnb, a phishing scam. Someone sends an email or a link that looks like it's from Airbnb or another trusted site. And the messages are basically designed to trick you into providing confidential information such as your password or other email addresses. And phishing messages can contain malware, which is malicious software that gains access to your computer to gather your personal information, including your passwords. So you want to be very careful with anything that's asking for, you know, personal information. There's also travel scams. So someone offers you a great deal on a listing if you pay or send a deposit using a wire transfer. And then after receiving your money, they don't give you the reservation that they advertise. There's overpayment scam where someone offers to pay a host more than the price of the reservation and then ask the host to give them cash to cover the difference. And finally, there's third-party booking scam where someone offers to reserve and pay for an Airbnb listing through their third-party website or service often claiming to have an Airbnb coupon or discount. And these reservations are typically paid for using stolen credit cards. Steve points out that the pandemic has created new avenues for criminals. One of the things that makes vacation rentals more troubling is because you don't get a chance to see them in advance and check them out. I mean, you really usually are relying on somebody else to establish that this place is for real, that it really is for rent, that it's not a scam. Steve has plenty of advice for would-be renters, starting with an unexpected tool from Google. If they're using a company name, check them out at bbb.org. If you want to make sure the place exists, you can go to Google Earth and check it out. You can Google the photo. I know a lot of people don't know that you can do that, but there's actually several ways you can. If the same photo shows up with different addresses, that's a pretty good indication that it's a fraud. See the place in person, if at all possible, or get somebody else to check it out. And if you're with one of the platforms such as Airbnb, make sure it really is an Airbnb website and make sure you stick with their program and don't let somebody lure you off into a different payment method where you may lose any protection you have through them. Janae says it's really important to know what your rights are when transacting online and what your rights are if something goes wrong. Sometimes bad actors offer deals that seem too good to be true. And you have to ask yourself if it seems too good to be true, if it seems like a deal that is just a little too sweet, perhaps it is. And if someone's asking you to wire them money without sort of any safeguards in in the process, it's something for you to consider. How are you going to be protected if something does go wrong? And she also wants people to speak up if they see anything wrong. If an Airbnb host on the Airbnb site asks you to pay off-site or through another company, we're asking you today, report it to us immediately. You won't receive a paper or PDF invoice from a host or from Airbnb asking you for a payment. And if a host uses things like Western Union, MoneyGram, Cashier's Check, Money Order, Liberty Reserve, wiring, please report them immediately because that is a a signal that something else may be happening and it gives us an opportunity to investigate to make sure that there isn't any sort of fraud that's happening. So, whatever became of Melanie's Park City vacation? Well, there is a happy ending. That helpful agent from the Facebook Moms Group found Melanie's family another place. A real place. 
and I'm thankful to say that we were able to go to Park City a few weeks ago. We spent two weeks there. Um, first time I'd seen my brother and wife and his kids in a year because of COVID. And we were all able to go and be together and ski and cook and hot tub. And, and we were able to piece together a trip. And so I'm thankful um, that, that we, did, we got to do that. I, I'm so happy that that's how this story ends. That was not what I was expecting you to tell me. So that's great. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny. Our uh, our financial advisor that we know and, and, and love a lot, uh, he said to us, he said, you know, sometimes you make choices in life that don't make sense on paper, but you, you need them for your soul. And let's find a way to make this trip work for you all. And it may take sacrifices in other ways, but let's find a way to make it work. It was a huge relief. Are you 55 plus? There are many ways your community could use your help. As an AmeriCorps Seniors Volunteer, you can put your skills to work for the causes you care about, whether that's by becoming a companion for an older adult or a foster grandparent for a child, tutoring students, joining a disaster response effort, or fulfilling another interest. Choose how, where, and when you want to volunteer, starting at just a few hours a month. This is your moment to make a positive impact on your community and get back so much more in return. Visit americourt.gov slash your moment today. If you have been targeted by a scam or fraud, you are not alone. Call the AARP Fraud Watch Network helpline at 877-908-3360. Their trained fraud specialists can provide you with free support and guidance on what to do next. Thank you to our team of scam busters, executive producer Julie Getz, producer Brooke Ellis, associate producer and researcher Megan DeMagnus, and of course, our audio engineer, Julio Gonzalez. Be sure to find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. For AARP's The Perfect Scam, I'm Bob Sullivan.